Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Here we go, Monday morning, three past seven. It is SEN Tassie Breakfast. Nice to have your company. Good to see you, Tim Payne. Good morning, Breno. How are you? I'm going well. How are you? Good weekend. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I know you are. You are flat. And I said to Hammer, we haven't heard from Payne all week. It's just been nowhere on this group chat. True. No, I was down at Bruni Island for the weekend, and the reception was poor. And and how do you go with that? The Wi-Fi was even worse. Oh, Brent was doing my head in. I could see you there. Like I don't mind going on a holiday where you sort of you're out of out of the loop a little bit, but all I asked is, is has it got Wi Fi? I said, Yeah, it's got Wi Fi. So we went down, log in the Wi Fi, it's just couldn't even load up and No, there's nothing worse. Not a thing. Not a cracker. I did find five minutes where I was sort of up on a hill. I walked about two hundred <laughs> metres from the house and got on the phone. Um, but then the person I was talking to said, Mate, I can't hear you. And I was just I I would have turned the phone off anyway. But I would have liked to have checked it every three or four hours. Yep. So it really annoys me that, Breno. Yeah, nothing worse. I have to agree. Um, what else did you get up to? So it was a good time? Well. <sighs> oh, gee. A bit of nerve here. Hard one. A hard one. And we went away with a few, three or four, four of us, four yes. families. So we had eight, eight or nine kids. You got pap, did you? Is that what the problem no, was? No, no, I just no. had eight or nine kids. So I wouldn't, it was a good weekend. I think the kids had a great time, but I wouldn't say it was relaxing, Brent. <laughs> when they're up out of bed at quarter to six every morning. Yep. Didn't take much for a fight to break out or someone to be in tears or, yep. you know. But apart from that, it was pretty good. After what's, this first day, I, when I sort of settled into just, just let them go. I was about to say, what sort of parent are you when the kids are screaming at each other? Are you sort of a, a yellow back? Depends you, if, yeah. if Bonnie's around. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? If Bonnie's around, I'm very, it's okay, you know, we can work this out. <laughs> if she's not, I'm just open the door, get out. <laughs> Go out there and sort it out. Yeah. I actually, oh God, I probably shouldn't say this, but <laughs> my youngest, the other day before we went down, so we finished at Chemist Warehouse on Friday, went home for a few hours and I was waiting and, and I took one of those basketball homes, basketballs home and Charlie came in crying, gives me five, he's just turned five. And I said, what's up, mate? He said, oh, Miller's, Miller's taken my ball. And I said, well, get, go and get it back off her. And I said, I tr- he said, I tried and she kicked me <laughs> out of nowhere. It just, I just came out. I said, well, kick her back. <laughs> oh, dear. Your body heard that. Dear, oh, dear. Just kick her back. I went to the show. Oh, I noticed. Oh, no. Interesting. Yeah. No, very interesting. Are we talking about your social media or? Oh, no. We'll get to that, I suppose. Okay. But um, it, it, it does cost a lot of money. And the I show? Thought, yeah, it does. In general, what, well, how much are we talking? Well, I was quite strategic about it. I was pretty proud of myself, actually, because I thought this is going to cost me an absolute mint to take the two kids along. Right. And are, I you thought, a, are you a pocket money person? Well, used to be, but the kids don't do much anymore, right. which is disappointing. <laughs> um, so that's stopped for the time being. But I thought I'm going to spend at least a hundred bucks here anyway, probably a lot more, but at least a hundred. So I thought I'm going to be strategic. All up, or per child. I thought I'll give them fifty each. Right. Their eyes will light up here that's when fair. I say you've got fifty bucks each to yep. spend, and you, that's it. You got to just make it last. So we went around, we wrote down how much they spent on each thing. Did and they once not they say fifty was up? That was but up. But Dad, you've got a massive new deal at SEN. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, they don't know about that. Um, but yeah, the Dagwood Dog thing, Tim. Gee whiz, thirteen dollars a pop. 
And right. I didn't realise because you know what you do. You go and say, I have three daggle dogs, blah, blah, blah. And then you just tap your yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't know. I didn't let me look at the price no. list. And I couldn't believe it. It was it was three daggle dogs, two buckets of chips that we shared, and a couple of drinks. Jeez, it, it was, was a nutritious meal. I oh, know. Well, we were at the show. We're not at. Clearly, uh, we haven't rubbed off them in yet, Hammer, have we? <laughs> but it was yet. about 60 bucks for all that. For three dagwoods. Couple of buckets of chips. Couple of buckets and of a chips. A few drinks. Cans. There's your there's your hungie gone. Unbelievable. No, and, well that, and we haven't even got to a game or a show bag. I gave them the food on top. So they had their fifty for right. rides and show bags. Okay. And then I took care of yeah. the food. I think my kids are about the same. I think they had a auntie and uncle down the week before who gave them a little present and that mm-hmm. was fifty dollars and I think they had a little bit of They went to the show, did they? Yes. Kids? Yeah, okay. yeah. You obviously didn't take them there? No. No. No, I was um I was busy. <laughs> What day was that? That was Thursday. <laughs> you didn't miss a heap. You didn't miss a heap. No. I'll tell you well, what. I'll tell you what else on child's money and pocket money and stuff. Okay. <laughs> Miller had a tooth come out last week. Mm-hmm. And so First one? No, no, second no, one. Second one? Okay. But she put it in this little thing and right under the pillow. But anyway, <laughs> I got in there and got it. And then I thought... What do you mean? Well, the tooth fairy went in and got it. Thank you. And... Um, Obviously, the tooth fairy leaves money, and yes. I couldn't find any. I didn't have anything small. You left the credit card in there. Did you? <laughs> I didn't have anything small. I asked Bonnie; she didn't have anything small, and I felt horrendous. But I went into my five-year-old son's room, got his oh, wallet, mate. and took a five-dollar no, note. Out. That's you do that all the time. That's, well, that's well, I a... felt like it reminded me back when I was at school when Mum and Dad, if they went and got in the shower in the morning before I went to school, because the bus stop was across the road from the shop. Yeah. I'd go and unzip the back of mum's purse thing and was, that's where all the coins were and just grab a $2 coin, zip it back up and run. It felt like that. And I was thinking, if Charlie wakes up here and I'm going through his wallet. I could not tell you the amount of times we've done that. Well, I've never and done many, it. Many, many occasions. I used to do it no mum dad all the time. Anymore. We don't never. carry coins or cash. So never. That's the problem. Well, and when you do, you've got to spend $13 of it on a dag or dog. That's right. Exactly. What was the actual entry fee uh, on top of that? Adult and two kids was about $31 or something, I think. Cheapest show bag? Um, cheapest show bag, I think about seven fifty, which wasn't too bad. Yeah. But you got some expensive ones. The one was, I think, 38 bucks. And yeah, they're, they're, what, it's well, an easy what way to spend What did the kids go money. for? Did you buy a show bag? No, I didn't get one. No, they just got there. I bet you Hamish did. Hamish would have got one. He would have got a, well, a Jack of, Jumpers one or a Collingwood one. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of Hamish. Or a Miami Dolphins. I've rolled in this morning and he goes, apologies in advance, I'm not at my best today. And you want to know why? Who's he apologizing to, us or the, or oh, the listeners? I think us, but he should be apologizing to the listeners as well. He's shopping himself around big time oh now, man. Oh my God. Jack Jumpers Friday night, netball yesterday, Yeah. OB Friday. Trying to take over the Saturday show, and he's been out well. on the circuit as well. Has he in that time? So this is where our man's at. Out on the town, out on the town over the weekend. Well, I mean, we'll get to it at some point in the show. I saw there was a few uh, X's or tweets over the weekend around our beloved Jack Jumpers getting ahead of themselves a little bit. Maybe our man in the corner needs to talk <laughs> to. Th- Up on the screen at the. Basketball. Something's changed since that, that was the moment. Strutting around Sandy Bay on Friday at yeah. the outside broadcast. Shaking hands. I, I, shaking hands, yeah. kissing babies' heads. <laughs> and now he's rolled down into Salamanca. Got on the sauce and turned up on half cylinders this I, morning. I don't like it, to be fair. But Did you, did you get your hot chocolate this morning? No. 
I haven't got a coffee. Nothing. Anyway. Uh, been the, if I'm coming in a little bit under the weather, it's the first thing I'm doing. I'm going out of my way to look like the opposite. He's just typed here. Maybe if I was on the screen on Friday, they would have won. Possibly. Oh four three seven double five two five three five. The good news is we've got a new modem here in the studio for our Wi-Fi, which means the text machine shouldn't collapse on us, which is I'm excited about, which is great. Oh four three seven double five two five three five. If set it up and, yeah. he's, and he's half cut, there's every chance it's not even on. <laughs> I don't know if he's half cut this morning. <laughs> now, look at the look he's giving me. <laughs> a couple of things I need to tidy up on. You on Friday at the OB. Yep. Sat there with your hood on. And this is pointed out by the great Jamie Cox overnight. I didn't notice it. Doesn't miss much, much. Your hood was on and your fox. earmuffs, as you like to call them, were over the top. Did yep. you hear anything coming through? I could hear everything. It was bizarre. It was a great interview, that one from. Jacob, I was very happy with it. It was very good. It was very so good. So now I could hear everything. But, geez, it was cold. Let's be completely honest. Yeah, oh, it was freezing. Yes. Freezing. I've said to Hamish, we're going to do more outside broadcasts. We need some sort of heater. Yep. Don't and I'd worry. prefer next time. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm high maintenance. Oh, but I wouldn't Tim. mind not be sitting in a garden bed. Would you ever call Tim high maintenance, Hammer? <laughs> yes, that was if you couldn't hear it. Hey, uh, you said you're not a Friends fan. Oh, that no, got, no, I wouldn't that say got I'm not me yesterday. No, I'm not. The passing of Matthew I Perry. I didn't watch it a lot. I was busy outside, Brent. Oh, Tim, it's, it was 7.30 on a Monday night or something. Yeah. I was, I was outside, outside, mate. Yeah. Um, Working on my glove that work. That got me yesterday. Chandler was my favourite by the length of the Fleming and Strait on Friends. Sad story. Very sad story. Very sad story. I, I read this got... morning that he was found in his jacuzzi. You'll have Half an hour reports. after a game of pickleball. Yes. So he must have had friends around at his place. And Cardiac then... arrest, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there was a mixture and, and drowning. Drowned because of Yeah, that. maybe. So, yeah, that's a lot of rumours circulating as they do. But, so, yeah, that was that was pretty sad yesterday. What about England uh, last night? Another loss at the World Cup, Tim? Speaking of deaths. <laughs> Oof. R.I.P. English cricket. Well, well, the World Cup campaign <laughs> and potentially, Brent, in even, even better news, potentially the Champions Trophy. They've got to finish in the top eight to qualify for the Champions Trophy in 2025. And at the moment, they are coming stone motherless uh, with the Aussies to come, who uh, are starting to play some pretty good cricket. So hopefully we can uh, we can give them a real touch-up, mm-hmm. get their net run rate even worse, and knock them out of the Champions Trophy. Wouldn't that be something? The England cricket well, team not qualifying for the Champions Trophy. you worth listening to our show that And the morning. Netherlands, or as my favourite man in the corner <laughs> likes to call them, the Netherlands could sneak in. <laughs> you ever let him forget, forget that, have you? Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, right. only reason... You know how he gets on my goat a bit about reading the thing? Yeah. So... The only reason I read it now is to pick out his mistakes. Yes. <laughs> there might be one later on, too. Of yes, there was one. I think. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, over to you, Brennan. 0437 Text us in this morning. Did you go to the Hobart show over the weekend? What did you think? A question's just come in from David of Launceston. Question for Tim. Could Jared Freeman bat as high as number seven, which would enable Tasmania to play four bowlers plus Freeman and Webster as all-rounders? Well, he could. Potentially in a year or two, I think he could. Mm-hmm. He certainly gets the job done. He's not the prettiest batter on the eye, but he does he does score, and he scores in funny areas. But I think at the moment, we'll talk about it later, I think 
hats off to the Tasmanian selectors because we we have lost some serious bowling depth. Absolutely, we've got some injuries with um, Meredith, with Stanlake, uh, Ian Carlo, and I think the way they've rejigged that side with Webster six, Hope seven, Owen eight, Freeman nine. Just adds depth, real depth, batting depth. And real you could see last night they could keep going when they had to. Frog came out knowing that even Lawrence Neil Smith is coming in at ten. Mm. Mm. Um, so yeah, hats off to Jeff Fawn and his selection crew. I think the way they've rejigged that team and given themselves batting depth and bowling options when we've lost, obviously you know Jackson Byrne and Peter Seale, they're huge, huge shoes to fill. But to not even try and do it and just go about it a different way, I think has been an, an excellent, an excellent ploy. Just quickly, before we get to the break, because we're running late, uh, Supercoach, no good, the House of Pain. They are in a real strife. 280 around five score. Island State Stars, 359. And the Hammer Throwers, very nice, 429. Hurts me to say Hammer's good. Yeah. But he has dropped. Yeah. What about do it for Jack? 1930. So what have I got? 1404. Yep. He's about three rounds ahead of me. Yeah, you're battling. I don't know who you got to look after your team. No, I'll be uh, I'll be sending a text message out this morning. Yes. Just in, well, he could have been on Bruni as well. Who knows? Could have been. Amy is supporting Tasmanian doers. Visit iCanWin.com.au. And an Amy doer is Bo Webster, who's going to be at our function next month. He's going to join us later on in the show to talk about Tasmania's ripping Sheffield Shield win. Uh, we're also going to talk with Tim Harcourt, who's massive on Tasmania's AFL team and stadium as far as economics goes. So it's going to be good to talk to Tim. Sophie Dwyer, star netballer with the Australian Diamonds, had a good win yesterday against South Africa. Will join us just after eight o'clock as well. Going to be talking Jack Jumpers. Going to be talking cricket. We're going to get it all in here on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. We'd love to hear from you. Oh four three seven double five two five three five. Andrew Jenkins will join us as well. You're pointing at Tim? No, I'm wondering who this is. Oh, no. Eco- economist Tim Harcourt. The Harcourt. Come on, Hamish. <laughs> He'll but make no mistake. That'll be tidied up in the rundown Absolutely. like nothing has ever happened. Uh, we're off to our first break of the morning. Coming back to talk Cricket World Cup next here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania. Search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. 7.23 on a Monday morning. SEN Tassie Breakfast from the Salamanca Studios. Nice to be here. Text in here on 0437 552535. Big shout out to Leah Clark on her debut as court announcer at the JJ's on Friday night. Did a magnificent job. Absolutely agree with that. Uh, Her and Mitch did a great job. As on-court announcers at My the man, game. Um, Andrew Bogut would disagree, but we'll get to that. What are you talking about? He said it was horrendous on telly. Too what? loud, too much carry-on, too much Costello, too many <laughs> background stuff. Let's just focus on the basketball. Well, right? He said that on Friday night? Yep. He said Jash, Jackie's nightclub, he called it. Oh, well, <laughs> it works. No, it didn't. And we lost two games to the broadcasters, pull the audio down. Okay. Pretty simple. Well, hey, whoa. <laughs> Hang on. Take your Jack Jumper's kit off for a second. <laughs> I'm just saying, Andrew Bogut, who's watched, played, and been involved in a lot of basketball, said it was too much. He should come down and experience it. Well, you didn't I don't, have to, I don't think we saw him at a game down yeah, here. Turn his TV off. Do we see him at down. one of the finals, or we see him at a roster game down here? I think he should come down and have a look. We'll see. See if he likes it. Anyway, I just thought I'd pass it on to you 
as someone who's heavily involved in that setup, maybe pass on, just tweak the volume a little bit. We do often get told to turn it down a little bit. There you go. From the broadcaster. Okay. Uh, 0437-552-535 is our text line. Have you got a question for Tim about the World Cup, which we're about to dive into now? Send it through and I'll ask the great man live on air. But Tim... Or you. Did did oh. you listen to the Jackies on Friday night? And was Brent too loud over the mic? <laughs> yes, please send it in. Send Give it in. the feedback. He, you, he's now very accustomed to receiving feedback after our Absolutely. 360 degrees. So. Tim, I'll just let you know though, I just speak into the microphone. Just like we are now, I don't actually control the audio. <laughs> no, but you're... Much like you own here, you're the captain. <laughs> you're the one that can sit back a little bit and see what's happening down there on at my state and can say, listen, Mitch, pull the volume down. DJ, music off a bit earlier while we're having that free, you know, just little things. You need <laughs> to get back on job. top of it. It wasn't our finest weekend as an organisation on and off the field. We've just got, passing on the feedback. We've literally got five minutes to talk cricket here okay, now because we've talked so much rubbish. Uh, let's talk about Australia and New Zealand. It was an unbelievable game. Super S- game of cricket. High scoring, entertaining. Super game of cricket if you love bl- watching blokes get belted. Yes. Everywhere. I don't think any of the bowlers in both teams it. walked off and said, that was a great game of <laughs> no, cricket. They wouldn't have liked it. Wow. What about Travis Head? Back in, bang. Imagine what he would have done to the Netherlands. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> but seriously, a month off, yeah. he's probably had three or four hits in the nets max, maybe two, and he walks out and does that. We're going to see how hard that is when you've been out injured for a while and well, you're coming back Well, for me, in. it was hard. But I, I thought about it over the weekend. I don't think it is for Hedy because he's just he has such a simple game plan. He's so talented. Mm. He's so still. He's just see ball, hit ball. Yep. And, and I heard one of the commentators say maybe the month off for him was... A blessing, it. Yeah. yeah. It freshened him up, and yep. he's ready to go again. And sometimes you need that at that at that level when you're on the wheel of every day. And he's he's at the moment he's test one day, and he's been named in the T20 squad. So he's 12 months a year. So to get a little rest, but boy, to come on and not even just his timing from the get go, he hardly. I think there was one shot that went over third man for four. Everything else hit the middle of his bat. Yep. And that first 20 something overs, that was as good a batting from him and David Warner that you you are ever likely to see. Yep. And that's saying a lot after we watched Warner and Marsh do the same thing, you know, only two weeks ago. But the ball striking and the placement, like David Warner power, but a few times when he's just laying them off through backward point, the batting was elite. David Warner, we spoke about a few weeks ago, potentially being, in my opinion, certainly the best white ball batter. Mate, if he continues the way he's going, he is going to be the top. ODI batter as well. Yep. His no. form at the moment is... He looks as good as he has been for years yep. right now. Yep. Um, concerns, I would say, again, the play of spin outside of those two. I think one, as soon as that wicket fell, we just lost all momentum. Yeah. And two of them were part-timers in Phillips and uh, the left-arm author who scored the 100. Um, I forget his name all the time, but... For him to come on as a part-time, all I was sitting there thinking is, what are Cole Deep, Ashwin, and Jadeja going to do to us? Because mm-hmm. mm. for me, again, it was, right. that, it was Mitch Marsh, Smith, Marnus. We just lost momentum. Like We were flying. We were looking at scoring 500, mm. Mm. literally. And we, for some reason, we took the foot off the gas. I don't know, again, if it was an intent thing or they thought, because we're off to such a good start, I'll get myself in. We do that against India. Game they over. shut you out. They, yeah, you're only right. getting... You don't get that little... Bur- Pat Cummins isn't coming out and getting 38 off 
twelve against India. Mm, mm. Guarantee you that. So we end up with three fifty, and they chase them. Yep, they chase a three fifty pretty comfortably. A team yes. like India, but so again for me that was a slight concern. The middle order against spin, just that little area of our middle order though it was Mitch Marsh, Smith, and Marnus because I thought Josh Inglis and Glenn Maxwell were both super, mm-hmm. absolutely super the way they came out. But uh, again, the concern is that just the play of spin when it comes on just outside of the power play. Um, going forward, I think from a batting perspective or a selection perspective, we're looking at that Marnus Labuschagne or Marcus Stoinis. Yes. And what do yep. we do there? That I think was my next question to you. Okay. Stoinis adds power to where we need it at the back end of an innings, particularly while our top order is going really well. Um, and the other thing I think he brings that we might need to look at, which we used a little bit in South Africa, is we're struggling to get new ball wickets. Mm-hmm. So maybe we go back to what we did in South Africa. You play Stoinis ahead of Labuschagne, and he bowls the first two or three overs from one end because mm-hmm. he swings the ball. So I think you go with Stark, Stoinis, and then as soon as the ball stops swinging, you go to Cummins Hazelwood. That's the insights of the test giver, the former test giver, Tim Payne, about Australia's big winner over New Zealand. Let's have a look at the standing. So India... Obviously, first, undefeated from their six games. South Africa, second. They've dropped the one game. New Zealand are in third, four wins. And Australia in fourth on four wins. So they're two wins ahead of the next best. Sri Lanka, uh, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Netherlands all won two. And Bangladesh and India both have won one. Do you see the top four changing from this point, Tim? Oh, I wouldn't write anything off, to be honest. I think the team who's got the hardest run home... He's actually New Zealand. Yeah. I think they've got South Africa potentially in the next game or two. Pakistan still. So I think the top, probably the top two, top two are set. They will make it. And then it's sort of that next group outside of Australia. Who have you got? Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Afghanistan, and even the Netherlands could make it, although their net run rate isn't great. Uh, but yeah, you'd have to look through who's playing who. But I think I did look to see New Zealand have a tough run home. Um, Australia have obviously got England next, so that th- probably from three to about seven or eight is open. Yeah, okay. and anything could happen in there. And as I said, New Zealand with their run homes tough. India are through. South Africa look like they're through. Um, it's just kind of Pakistan get it together. Sri Lanka I think play tonight against maybe even Afghanistan. And then everyone's played six. So Sri Lanka could be on six points tonight or Afghanistan. So they're, they're right in the mix. Um, but yeah, tonight is is a big game for those, both of those two teams. But for me, if I was going out and naming my four, I think it's going to be India, South Africa, Australia, and I think Pakistan will sneak Ooh, through. Okay, okay. Let us know your thoughts, 0437 555. You can call us as well, 1342 Do you agree with Tim Payne's top four for the World Cup or do New Zealand stay in somehow and Pakistan stay out? Or does it change altogether? We'd love to hear from you this morning. Hammers just sent through, I think, the text from Andrew, or the tweets from Andrew Bogart. Horrible for TV. Don't know what it's like in person, but sheesh. Went to basketball game and nightclub broke out. Jackie nightclub. <laughs> Uh, I'd encourage Andrew to come down and see what he thinks of the atmosphere at my state. I just, I think it's a great atmosphere when you're there. I think he's saying from a TV perspective, it was a little bit intrusive Mm -hmm. on the telecast. But I don't understand why they can't just drop the. Well, they can. Yeah. 
It's not he hasn't he doesn't sit in his lounge room with a no. anyway. Time to get to new sport and weather. We're coming back next with Andrew Jenkins from Taz Racing here on SEN Tassie Breakfast for a Monday morning. Tim Payne and Brent Costello, and we welcome in now the CEO of Taz Racing, Andrew Jenkins. Tassie Thoroughbred Racing is back under lights. G'day, AJ. G'day, Brent. G'day, Payne. How are you guys? We are thank well. you, mate. Going well, thank you. Now, we talked about the Hobart show earlier. Big presence for Taz Racing there. And, oh, goodness None me. More I saw, so than the CEO. I saw the video. Did you see the video? I did. Of him on the, the yeah. horse? What was that, AJ? The uh, mechanical horse. Were you in a race there? or? <laughs> no, I'm not sure what I was doing, Tony. But whatever it was, it, uh, I wasn't doing it particularly well. But uh, <laughs> it was worth having a go. Um, plenty, of, plenty of fun. And uh, had a couple of the... Uh, apprentice jockeys there trying to give me some tips, but uh, it was still pretty hopeless, even with uh, with great coaching. You look, you look the part. He, oh. he, the right weight, the right size for a Ooh, jockey. I, I, I thought there might have been some footage of you floating around <laughs> on it, Brent. Oh, I was over the weight limit. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> no, a successful time, though, AJ, at the show? Right. What's that, mate? A successful time for Taz Racing at the show, though. A lot of interest in what you were doing. Oh, look, we were thrilled. Um, it was terrific. We had um, a number of our Greyhound Adoption Program uh, dogs there on each of the days. And as you mentioned, we had the mechanical horse, which was a hit, and uh, face painting. And we had a, uh, a sulky there as well on the back of our um, uh, our pretend horse. So, um, look, it, it was chockers, and there was so much community interest, which was really, really pleasing. Excellent. AJ, we had four trainers with doubles on Friday night in Launceston as well. Yeah, we did, Pony. It was um, it was a great night of racing under lights up there at uh, at Mowbray. Um, and um, at interest, we did have uh, one race that uh, was won by uh, Barry Baker, who had uh, his wife Kylie on the, the lead rope. And then, of course, it was ridden by Chelsea, so a horse called McSwain. So that was the exception to the rule of um, riding doubles. But um, it was just a really nice Tassie racing story for the Bakers. So well done to, uh, to Barry, Kylie and Chelsea. Very nice. Uh, big week ahead in Greyhounds too at both ends of the state coming up. Yeah, a bit going on, Breno. We've got uh, the Puppy Championship final on Tuesday in uh, in Lonnie and then on Thursday we've got uh, actually three Gold Cup heats uh, at night here in Hobart and they'll uh, they'll also feature Rojo Diamond. He'll be the headline there. He's, uh, he's an absolute ripper. And he actually only needs a few more wins and he'll break the record for uh, the most wins ever on the Hobart track. So, yeah, plenty going on in the in the Greyhounds this week as well. And what about at Elwick, the Gallops return on Tuesday night for Melbourne Cup Day? Yes, can't wait, Payne. Next week we'll uh, we'll be back on the turf at um, Elwick for Melbourne Cup Day. We've given it a really good uh, nine and a half, ten week rest um, this year and done a complete renovation on the track, uh, Chris Hay and the team. And uh, look, the last ten days or so, it's, it's really come along well. So we're very confident that it's going to be another outstanding surface right throughout the summer racing festival. So... Yeah, it'd be good to see everyone back out at Elwick on Tuesday. Sensational. And, mate, you're in Melbourne. You <laughs> seem to have more holidays than any CEO I've ever come across. Five points would be through the roof at the moment. Oh, hang on hang on a second. I'll, I'll have you know, Payne, it was, a, it was a work trip. I was lucky enough to um, to earn a ticket to the Cox Plate, so I took that in <laughs> over, the, over the weekend. Thank you. Beautiful. No, well-deserved, mate. A work trip. I like it. <laughs> uh, AJ, good to talk to you, mate. And we'll catch you next Monday morning here on SEN Tassie oh, Breakfast. Hopefully in studio. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> good on you, boys. Great. Thanks so much.
Grab your mates and get along. Lonnie Knight Racing is back. Knight.tazracing.com.au and imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. That's what you could be buying instead, (laughs) really. You need to win on the race to buy one. 0437 is our text line here at SEN Tassie Breakfast. Uh, Get in touch this morning. What did you think of the Jack Jumpers over the weekend? You might have a question for Tim about the World Cup. We had the Diamonds yesterday. What did you think of the atmosphere out there at My State Bank Arena as Australia got the job done against South Africa? We're off to another break. Coming back, though, with questions without notice after this here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. On SEN Tassie Breakfast, questions without notice. It sure is. Thanks to Amir Safety, your Australian-owned workwear and PPE provider. And our first question without notice comes off the text line this morning. It says, boys... Hearing a rumour, a certain member of your team borrowed a lawnmower and returned it with grass clippings in the catcher and an empty petrol tank. Thanks for your text this morning, texter, anonymous texter. That's a lie. (laughs) Absolute lie. (laughs) I believe it for what it's worth. Well, that's all right, but I'm telling you face to face right now, it's a lie. Um, Why are you laughing then? Because I certainly didn't return it empty. But there were a few grass clippings I was made aware of when I got back. A few. It was certainly emptied because I witnessed Pete, the gardener, do it. So what happened was, Brent, I've, <laughs> I've left my mower out for an extended period of time and it's rained. Oh, no. Pete said, mate, your Rusty. mower's not starting. <laughs> so I sorted it out, went and borrowed one, brought it down, <laughs> took it back. Yeah, didn't use it myself, but I'll pass the feedback on. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, anyway, Brent, let's move on. Because again, yes. I thought we had this brand new spanking Wi-Fi in here. Nothing's coming through on the text machine for me. Seriously? No. Oh. But as Hammer said, he's not at his best today, so he's you know he's getting paid to sit back there and do nothing. But anyway, we'll move on. Okay. Breno, we know Scott Roth would never let it. Well, we think it, he would never let it happen to the team, but is it fair to say that the JJs may have got a little ahead of themselves? No, I don't think so, because you're allowed to be excited when your team wins. They, the, and as you said last week, they will be keeping a lid on it. The supporters don't have to. No, That's I'm, the, I'm the, going past the fans. Have they got ahead of themselves? No, because Scott wouldn't allow that to happen. Did you hear uh, Big Dangy at halftime in the Brisbane game? I missed that, no. What did he say? And he said, what, what will Scott's mood be like? He said he'll be very upset with us. Yep. Because we're not doing the little things. Yep. Well, that's what he Which meant. we've prided ourselves on. Yeah. Defense. Defense, defense, defense was the message in the press conference last night. And rightly so. Mm-hmm. Rightly so. So, again, defense in basketball is about what? Effort? Intent? Yeah, intent. Intensity. Want? Yep. Which we've prided ourselves on. So, maybe we have got a little ahead of ourselves. I just don't. Maybe subconsciously. I mean, I'm not... But massively concerned because I think we'll get it no. back on track. But it so, wasn't a very Jack Jumpers no, like weekend of no, basketball. No, it wasn't. No, At it all. Wasn't. No. Uh, Tim, Sam Mitchell is over to England to spend some time with Ange and the Spurs. If you could further your coaching journey by spending time with any sports organisation or club in the world, where would it be? He would be top of the list, I would reckon, he? at the moment. Would yeah, he? I think Anyone so. in the whole world? Well, as an Australian, yes. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, because, well, anyone in the world. <sighs> Pep, Pep Guardiola. Mm-hmm. You'd like to go and see him, but I mean, for cricket, he, he seems to be more about system and, and movement of the ball and how his teams defend. How that He's that sort of coach. Whereas Ange seems to have this ability to bring any team together, bring people together, and that's that's what I'd be interested in seeing. And honestly, for, for as far as I can see, he's as good as anyone in the world at doing that, mm-hmm. at building a group, moving them forward together. Okay. I mean, Man City just spend money and get the best players, but they still... Yeah. He's obviously a genius coach. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in terms of bringing people together, I think Ange is right up there. Okay. Um, I mean, oh, I'm going to read this one out, but I feel like I'm walking straight into something here. <laughs> the Eddie Jones saga is the biggest fiasco in Australian sport since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do I have to actually answer hey, that? Come on, mate. It starts with... It's just a free, Brent gets a free swing at me. <laughs> it starts with S yep. and ends in and paper gate. Oh, you're going, oh, you're going that one. Oh, great. What were you going for? Oh, okay. <laughs> I probably would have gone me. Oh. <laughs> not everything has wasn't to be it? about you, Tim. <laughs> yeah, no, you took, that was nice of you think, not to I go think, there. I thought that's exactly where you were going to go. Thank se- you. Move on. I think South <laughs> yeah, got good. you covered. Me too. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and we got told we were never allowed to mention that on the show ever, didn't we, Hammer? So that's why I was just a little scared. No, that was the collective bargaining agreement. Oh, Come on. Next. <laughs> uh, what has gone wrong for England's World Cup defence? Oh, everything. And haven't I loved it? <laughs> Right from the get-go, bringing a player out of retirement. You didn't have to. When you're playing well, it's upset the team balance. It's upset the team dynamic. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm Josh Butler and you bring Ben Stokes in, who is like on a pedestal as you're a going leader. You're back to this, eh? He's, he is the leader of English cricket. Mm-hmm. I reckon Josh is sitting there going, oh, oof. looking over, not looking over his shoulder, but he'd feel his presence. And everyone in that team would feel Ben Stokes' presence. And he hasn't been in that team and around that setup. Mm. And then I read this morning that um, from Owen Morgan that he feels there's more going on. There could be, there's something going on behind the scenes or in the team. There's some sort of split. Mm. I mean, this isn't Piers Morgan saying this. This is Owen Morgan, who's captained this team not a year and a half ago. So you can't tell me that he doesn't know. He knows something. He would be seriously well-connected in that team. Absolutely. For him to say that means there is. But, yeah, they've been all over the shop. Yep. Selection, wrong calls at the toss, picking the wrong teams, Mm -hmm. changing their team from six batters, five bowlers to all-rounders to – they haven't – they have not known whether they're coming or going for most of the tournament. It's been terrific to watch. <laughs> uh, Breno, what is the solution to getting Milton Doyle back to his MP, MVP form? Oh, geez, Hammer's got the tough questions this morning, hasn't he? He's had a couple of... I'll answer the question. Um, well, hey, give him a break, Hammer. He's had a couple of down games. That's my first call, but... Um, yeah, he didn't have the, the weekend he would have liked. I think he averaged about 19 points in his first five or six games. And over the weekend, he averaged just under 10. Probably probably just need to get the ball in his hands a bit more. His shooting was three from six from the field yesterday, none from four from beyond the arc. And then on Friday night, two from five from the field, two from five from three, I think. So... 
texting here too on the mm. open line. Boys, JJ's disappointing. Where's their D? They can't set screens. Roth out coached with his subs. Less oh Lee's fouled problems fouled problems again. Magne absence is hurting them bad. When is he back? Well, we believe he's back in a couple of weeks. Um uh, did you listen to Scott's press conference last night? No, I did not. He was asked a few interesting questions. He said, which player did you like out of your side tonight? Who did, you, who did well? And he said, no one. Wouldn't name a player that did well. Um, he got asked about Lee and if that affected him, him being fouled out at the end of the game. He says, nope. Just a one-word answer. So, yeah, it was interesting to watch. Um, and I did like how one of the journos asked him how he was going to spend the week in Brisbane. It was a, <laughs> it was a weird question anyway after a loss, but the fact is they're playing in Launceston. Mm. So that, that was uh, tough to watch as well because it was always so going to get smacked down. This text that's just come in, the second one would be helping Milton get back to his best, wouldn't it? Setting screens. Mm. Give him space. Yep. Work for him. Yep. Make his shots a bit easier. I mean, I'm no basketball. And he's been. But again, it looked like our defence. It looked like that intent to get and screen for him, to create some space for him, wasn't there. It looked like the same with our defence. The energy to actually, I don't know what you call it, close someone down or, you know, Mm. just pressure them did not look the same on the weekend. And 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 that's to a completely untrained eye. Milt's been really happy with the looks he's been getting this year because his job has been made easier. With the addition of Jay Craw, so yeah, the well, job's to... always made easier by another player. But yes. I think the other three on the court also have a huge yep. say in where he gets his shots from. Yep, Jack McVay was great. I thought uh, consistent as always. First player to get to a thousand points for the Jack Jumpers too in the franchise history. He so well done to the smiling assassin. Uh, probably got time for one more, Tim. If you, uh... oh, right. it's my it's my turn, isn't it? Oh. Lord, hammers, hammers off the board. Where does yesterday's Sheffield Shield win rank among the Tigers' all-time victories? Uh, we've had better victories, no doubt about that, but it, it ranks number one in terms of chases. Mm. I think it was the biggest chase Tasmania's ever had. Yep. I believe. And and, and I thought, honestly, going into Bell Reeve, the way that wicket plays... And you could tell yesterday the way we batted, there was no panic about that run chase at any stage. And I was listening to commentators and read stuff the day before about this mammoth chase. That The Tassie team with Webster and Silk and Charlie Wakeham yesterday and Wadey, they know that if you get in on day three and four on Bell Reeve, it can be very hard, one, to get wickets and two, to stop the scoring. Mm-hmm. And you could just sense there was that partnership. I watched through the middle between Bo, who we'll have on later, and Wadey. They just did not panic. They knew they still had 250, 260 to get, but they knew if they build a partnership, how quickly you can tick that that chase and t- that total down. Um, the biggest fourth innings score by the Tassie Tigers ever. Hamish yep. has just put up. So, yep. yeah, I think in terms of run chase, it's probably our best, but we've had better wins along the way. I think any Shield win or any you know game to win to get into a final or anything like that tops it, but I think the Tigers have been super, super impressive in the first half, first part of the season in both red and white ball. I think our best cricket's been brilliant to start the season and we've put ourselves in a really good position um, after three games of field cricket. I'm here, safety over 30 years of better brands and better service with the widest choice of PPE. That was Questions Without Notice. We're off to our final break of the hour. Coming back with more next. Morning. 
Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. First hour has flown by this morning, one minute away from the 8 o'clock news. Uh, just quickly though, Tim, we've got the Hobart Hurricanes in action again tonight. The women's the thunder? Big Bash League, Thunder at Utah Stadium. Up in Lonnie. Not sure about the scheduling. Monday night, school night. What do you do though? Well, you just got to get, get it in and get it done, do you? Mm. And, and good to get a win the other night too after a couple of losses to start the tournament. But Whoa. a rain-reduced win. It was eight overs each. Against nice strikers too, I believe. Yeah, you, you. What did you say on Friday? You absolutely. Oh, we it. bounced back and won again. I think last night, didn't we? Beat the Heat last night. Um, I'm just talking about your comments from Friday where you said that you'd smash. Oh, the we will in a 20 over game. Rain reduced. You can't. You can't read too much into that. But well done to the Hurricanes girls. Getting you, you got their season underway. Big game tonight though up in Lonnie against Big the game. Thunder. Big game. Big second hour of the show coming up this morning too. After the news, we're going to talk to Sophie Dwyer, who's a big part of the Australian Diamonds, of course, who had a big win against South Africa at My State Bank Arena yesterday. Another game coming up tomorrow night. Tuesday night? Yep. Yeah. I also just got this sent to me, screenshot to me after I mentioned Owen Morgan's yes. comments. So this is a quote from Matthew Mott. Mm-hmm the English coach who's Australian, one mm-hmm. of the great men as well. He said, Owen's entitled to his opinion. He hasn't been in or around the rooms, but I'll certainly take that up with him. Okay. So he's upset the coach, the former captain. Sounds a bit like the Nick Rewalt, Brett Ratton thing yeah. there on stage. He hasn't been That's there. That's right. Yeah. Making comments when you're not in and around the group. Bo Webster will also join us in the second hour to talk about Tasmania's big Sheffield Shield win yesterday. And also Tim Harcourt, who's an economist, and we'll deep dive into the AFL team and stadium. That's all coming your way after new sport and weather here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania. Search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Five past eight on a Monday morning, Timmy. The text line we is have, going nicely. We've this got a good morning. one in, although there is a little bit of it missing, Brent. I must admit, but I think the first one is it's got a bit of a highlights and lowlights package from oh. the weekend we've had sent in. So I think the first one, and correct me if I'm wrong, and resend it because it does say some text missing. But I'm going to go with Travis Head's hundred, Kerr's three goals, Matthew Wade's ton, Froggy's six, England getting flogged. They were the highlights of the weekend. Lowlights. JJ's losses. X and Tubes plover watch commentary from the Shield coverage. My God, didn't, I didn't get that one. Uh, have a great week. And that's from Glossy and Lonnie. So thanks for the text through, Glossy. And if we missed the start of it, just fire it through again. Go we're on, having Glossy. all sorts of issues in here again on my Wi-Fi. 0437 Give us your highlights and lowlights from the weekend. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Massive game at My State Bank Arena yesterday with Australia wrapping up the series against South Africa with one game to come in the netball. Here's some of the highlights from our coverage on SEN. You're going to try oh, one more end. time here, the Diamonds. In to oh, in, they can't contest. score. <laughs> Fabulous result. <laughs> the Diamonds absolutely outstanding again. What a show to put on for everyone here at Hobart. <laughs> and they get it done comfortably. The Origin Diamonds, 67, have defeated the Proteus, 52. There you go, the dulcet tones of David Lithgow there on the SEN commentary We team. often get stuck in the flash a little bit, but he's doing a brilliant job. His ability to go across Star. any sport yes. and no players, he's got a, what's the word? He's got a very good... And, uh, uh, yes, I know he's what he's holding to of say information. Yes. 
is phenomenal. Versatile operator. So well done, David. We do rib you a little bit on this show, but <laughs> been fantastic. No, he's a star flash. There's no doubt about that. I'll tell you about stars, though, Tim. This uh, next guest of ours on the show this morning is a star as well. Her name is Sophie Dwyer, big part of the Australian Diamonds netball team. Sophie, welcome to SEN Tassie Breakfast. Hello. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you aboard. A great win yesterday to wrap up the series. As I said, you've got the one game to come tomorrow night against South Africa, but uh, it went pretty well for you yesterday. Yeah, obviously we haven't played South Africa in a standalone series in um, quite a number of years, and this is the first time playing in Hobart for the Diamonds. So, yeah, really exciting first two games. We've got a lot of new combos out there. But, yeah, um, it's not done yet. We want another win for the third game on Tuesday. Now, Sophie, we had, uh, we've read out a couple of texts from Andrew Bogut this morning who's spoken about the atmosphere being too loud in uh, My State Arena. How was it last night for you out there? Yeah, it was actually amazing. I think, you know, we had a sellout, which was really exciting for us. We also got to the Jack Jumpers game on Friday, and that was our first taste of how amazing the atmosphere could be. And, yeah, the netball fans definitely did, didn't disappoint. I don't think your crowd can ever be too loud. We want them to, you know, cheer their hearts out. So, yeah, it was amazing. So you didn't find it like a nightclub, <laughs> as Andrew did? <laughs> Not quite. No, it was great. We wanted them to do it again uh, on Tuesday. <laughs> very good. Now, what were some of the main takeaways from from the game yesterday for your team? Obviously, you got the win, but there's a bit to tidy up still. Is there ahead of tomorrow night? Yeah, I think, you know, when we do put out new combos, it probably is just looking at our turnover rate. We want to be a really direct and efficient team um, and get the board of goals quick and effectively as possible. So I think for us, when we get do get the defensive gain, it is tidying up, I guess, what that possession looks like to go. And what about from a personal point of view? You've had your first first two starts for the Diamonds have come in this series. How special has that been for you? Yeah, it's really been special. I've been in the environment for probably about two years now, but court time hasn't really been there for me. And I guess having back-to-back starts is um, really exciting. And every time I get, get out there, I do just want to you know, make the most of the opportunity and keep improving. I've had a lot of chats with coaches on the clarity of my role out there. So, yeah, I've been pleased with it, but there's always things to learn from. And I think you can only learn when you're out there. So I just want to give it my all, yeah. Sophie Dwyer is our guest on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. How important, Sophie, was it to, for the team to return to form against South Africa in this series, obviously ending the, the Constellation Cup with a couple of losses to New Zealand? Yeah, definitely. You know, we started Constellation Cup really strongly with two wins in Australia, but then, yeah, had two close losses and we went over to New Zealand. So, yeah, to come back to some winning form is nice and with some new combos as well, making sure that whoever's out there can get the job done is definitely super important for us as a whole squad. And you've been earmarked as the person to take over from Steph Wood following her retirement. Is that the way you viewed it and is it your goal going forward? Yeah, obviously I know that there's a goal attack position um, in, I guess, the game day 12 that's been a part of the um, major tournaments over the past few years. But I think for me, it's not to put too much pressure on myself and overthink it. Obviously, it is there. There is a spot for a goal attack. And I do just want to make sure whenever I'm out there, I put um, I get my best foot forward because I do want to be, you know, in that 12 um, game in, game out. And Sophie, yesterday, as you said, was the first time the Dolmans have played in Hobart. There's been a few games in Launceston in the past, but... First question, how much would you like to come back here and play? And second question, how important is it for the Diamonds to get right across the country to to play games? Yeah, we would love to come back. I think, you know, the atmosphere is amazing. Like, to have a sellout in the first time we're 
playing here is unreal. So I think any time we can get back here, we would love it. And I think, you know, for netball as a whole, visibility is key and we want to get around to all the states and all the cities in Australia because we, we're a team for everyone, this whole country, so we want to make sure we're playing, you know, all around because I think that's super important to give back to all the fans that watch us all the time. And what about with the Super Netball? I think the Diamonds being down here has started the discussion again around a Tasmanian team. Is it is that something that you think girls in your team would be keen on, moving down here um, to further their careers or to get a start in Super Netball? Yeah, I think that, you know, you look, there's the Jack Jumpers. There's going to be an AFL team coming soon. I think, you know, if we want to grow SSN, the natural progression would maybe to be have a team here. I think why not, really? We all love Tassie and... Um, you know, we know the fans are super, super keen and have the atmosphere already building for us to have, to have that, I guess, week in, week out in the Super Netball season. I say, why not? And I think people would definitely come down here. Um, you know, we love Tassie. We've been out to the market seeing the sights and, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it's really lovely. I was about to ask you that, to have you spent your downtime while you've been in Tasmania and, and what's life like for, for Sophie Dwyer away from the, the netball court? What do you like to get up to in your, in your spare time? Yeah, well, my downtime at the moment is actually doing uni study, so it's a bit boring, <laughs> to be honest, trying to um, uh, manage that while on tour. But, yeah, we definitely did have some downtime. We went out to Salamanca Markets, which was great, spent a bit of time there. But other than that, it's pretty much uh, courts and meetings for us on tour. But, yeah, I am trying to get a little bit of downtime. I'm a big book nerd, so I love reading, and then, yeah, a bit of uni on the side as well. Well, that's great. Thanks so much for giving up your time for us on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. One more game to come here in Hobart tomorrow night. Wish you all the best for that. Thank you. Sophie Dwyer joining us, Star Diamond. Tim, and just watching some of the highlights on the telly now. I didn't get out yesterday. I'm going tomorrow night, but it looks magnificent on the TV, doesn't it? It's kind of it a does. treat, my State Bank Arena. It I always they'd, does. They had to get the court picked up pretty much straight away after the Jack Jumpers game on Friday night and turn it around because it's a different court to the basketball one they use, and uh, I know they're in for a late night there, so they've done a magnificent job. Another sellout staff out tomorrow there. night. Yes, looking forward to it. Is it sold out, Hamish, again? Yep. So then the support's clearly here in the state no for doubt. Nepal. That's why, Tim, it's an you absolute have been on it for a while. no-brainer. It is. Look at that. I'll take your word for it. have got a beautiful it. venue out there ready to host the The venue's team. sensational. No doubt about it. It would be the most easiest decision you could make, I reckon. It would be nowhere near the cost of some of these other sporting teams that we've got to run. Get it done. Get it done, and next TV rights, I reckon, will but be the time. I mean, they just added the Melbourne Mavericks, haven't they? Yeah, but they replaced Collingwood. Right. So they needed to replace uh, it. But is the talk around expanding, or is it just yeah, us saying, that, we want a team? No, I think they want to, but it just won't happen before the next TV rights, okay. is what the message is from Netball Australia. But I'm pretty sure they're definitely keen to expand. Well, it makes so. sense, doesn't it? If you had the Jack Jumpers, they're getting a home high-performance yeah, base. You could yes. have a basketball, netball, no all it. set up out there at Wilkinson Point at My State Bank no Arena would be, it. be a, a sensational setup. Sensational. Oh four three seven double five two five three five. Were you at the Diamonds game yesterday? Let us know what you thought. Are you heading along tomorrow night? Uh, any any of your highlights from over the weekend? We'd love to hear from you on our text line. All lowlights. All lowlights. Exactly right. Too though. One highlight of the weekend was the Tasmanian Tigers' massive run chase to win yesterday on day four of the Sheffield Shield game at Blunston Arena. To unpack it all for us, Bo Webster will join us after the break here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. I don't have the capabilities that Jared does to hit a six, so I would be trying to take this as late as possible. 
but he is a clean striker of the yep. ball, Jared Freeman. So he needs to back his eye. He hits hard and long down the ground. That's going to be a boundary, is it? Is it? It's a six. Oh, my goodness. How about that? You would not believe it. He has lifted Sandu over long on for six to win a game. At six o'clock on the fourth day, Tasmania has chased down 432 to win a game. Pulsating into the game at Blunston Arena yesterday as the Tigers chase a massive total of 432 to get the job done and score their biggest second innings total ever, which ever. is amazing. Pistol Pete Newlands was up and about, wasn't he? He was. He was. You wouldn't believe it. He said, the frog hits a six every time he bats. Two it's big moments for Pete now. He's had that one. and He's had the WNCL title win last year too. He's getting a good reputation to call in the big moments, Pete. Don't get jealous, Brent. Don't no, get I know. jealous. I know. And one man that was part of it yesterday uh, is the great Bo Webster, who's been good enough to join us on the line this morning. G'day, Slug. How are you, mate? G'day, boys. Going well, thanks. How are you? You sound fresh. I thought you might have had a late night last night after a big win like that. Oh, a couple of scoops, Brent, but uh, we've got one day tomorrow, so on to the next, mate. Took care good. of yourself, Bowie. <laughs> big all-rounder. Took care of yourself last night. I thought you blokes might have might have had a celebrate big lock-in in the change rooms. No, nah, we, we definitely had a few, but we've spent about 450 overs in the dirt the last two weeks, so the body True. needs a bit of recovery time before the one day Absolutely. It was a brilliant win, Bowen. In terms of your career, where does that rate in in, in the all-time, I suppose, best wins you've had? Uh, yeah, I think it'll, it'll sit right at the top. Um, obviously, the highest fourth innings chase for Tasmania and fifth, um, I think I saw on the Shield history there. So it was, it was definitely a memorable one. And, um, you know, from three days of really chasing the game to come away on day four with a win was uh, excellent and pretty unexpected for a few people, but we always believed we were we were close and big chases on day four of Bell Reeve are possible, so we had some, some good faith and it turned out uh, well for us. Yeah, take us into that this morning. We spoke a bit about it this morning, how Bell Reeve can be a great place to bat on, on day three and four, and obviously we don't know, but I can imagine knowing that group and the history of that ground, there would have been some confidence that had you got a partnership like yourself and Wadey put together, we could chase that total. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's, you know yourself, it can be tricky to bat in the first couple of days, but it really flattens out and it's, it's no different. This game, um, you know, there was a bit in it with a new ball and after that it, it, it was a really nice place to bat and um, the outfield was quick, it was a short boundary and we, we had confidence the whole day, like I said, if we get a good partnership um, with our deep batting lineup that we're picking at the moment, um, we'll give it a good shake. How about your own form this season, Slug? Uh, going beautifully, mate. Bat and ball. You must be pretty wrapped with how you've started the campaign. Yeah, it's been a it's been nice to start a year really well. Otherwise, usually finish decently and, and off to a slow start. So it's been nice to get out of the blocks this year, personally. Um, I think just carrying on from last year and a bit of cricket in England have rolled into one season, it feels like, which is, which is good. And I'm in a good rhythm at the moment with both bat and ball. And, um, yeah, nice to contribute in both formats. What about the team? Must be a good vibe around the group at the moment, Bo. I think with the loss, particularly of Jackson and, and Peter Siddle, there was probably expectations externally had been probably lowered for the Tigers, but I think you've come out, started brilliantly and probably proved a few people wrong to start the year. Yeah, definitely. That's huge experience loss, obviously, with those two and, and Benny McDermott out of the side um, from last year. But um, it's good to see the, the senior guys now of the team, I suppose, myself and... Uh, Silky, Charlie Wakem, um, and Wadey, obviously, 
as the old heads in the team, I suppose, stand up and, and try and compete in games and put performances on the board where we're in positions to win um, and hopefully drag some of the youngsters along with us. As we saw yesterday in Hopi and, and Frog, um, and that last stand was outstanding after we probably left a bit too much work for them, but they got the job done and it was um, great to see them too be there at the end. Yeah, you touched on the senior guys yourself, Wadey, Wakeham, Silky, 100 last week in Perth. Wakeham obviously won in Adelaide. New batting coach, Mike Smith, what's he brought to the table and has he challenged you guys as a senior group? Yeah, he's been excellent. Obviously, I wasn't here for the pre-season um, part, of the, part of the season, but he was excellent with the young guys um, and the senior guys. He's challenged myself. Uh, Julie and Silky, like I said before, to to stand up and and put performances on the board and and when it's your day to really make it count, I think it's a big thing. He's, he's been excellent to start with, um, and he was calm all day yesterday, as was the the boss in Jeff. Uh, they had good faith in our batting group, um, and and like I said before, we're picking a, a deep batting lineup, and um, you know we we bat right through to number ten and eleven these days, so it's it's good to to get a win and a big chase early in the year. Bo Webster's our guest, uh, Star Tasmanian Tiger on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. I want to ask you about the the cult figure slug, Froggy Freeman, of course. Uh, he's been a fan favourite for a long time across Tasmania. How pleased were you for him to hit the winning runs yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's a cult figure before yesterday, and I think he's just enhanced his reputation. Um, <laughs> it wasn't easy out there with the, with the low... Uh, lowness of the wicket at the end there and, and then really targeting the stumps. He just finds a way to hit boundaries. And I think Paney mentioned it before. Froggy, always got, he's always got a six in him in every inning he plays. And Doesn't he? That one came um, to, win, to win the game of cricket. But he's been fantastic with both both the bat and the ball. Um, he's had a tough job. But some wickets that don't offer too much turn and, and he's doing an excellent job and picking up some key wickets and then coming in um, with the bat, uh, chiming in late. And obviously pretty important yesterday. He's 40-odd off, not many balls was was a massive factor in that game. So he's been outstanding um, in the first three Shield games. Someone else who's been pretty good in the first three Shield games didn't bowl in the second innings, Gabe Bell. Bowie, what's happened there? Yeah, he's just had a slight uh, abductor soreness. I'm not sure where he's at um, for our next Shield game in Victoria. He might have a rest um, and whatnot, but he was, he's been out. Like you said, he's been awesome as well. Him and Lawrence leading the attack now without... Uh, Siddle and Bird there have really stepped up to the plate and making it difficult for the top order batters and, and they're, they've been outstanding. Loza was great again uh, in that second innings when they were coming a bit harder to go. But what he did with his figures and, and get the breakthrough earlier, Bryce Street, he's been um, outstanding and, and Gabe as well was a big loss. Just, uh, sorry on day three, not bowling, but um, yeah, hopefully he's okay and we can get him back on the park ASAP. And Bowie, we've been picking the three all-rounders come out now as a bit, of a bit of a stroke of genius. Obviously, we touched on Bird and Siddle going, but you must be enjoying, I suppose, a bit of help in that area. You don't have to bowl probably as many overs now. We're going with Hope, Owen, yourself. Uh, Frog's been bowling well, so your body must be feeling good. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a different team. Looking down um, the list, especially now that I'm at six and playing two all-rounders, it is a really strong batting lineup, and like we saw with Frog. And Lawrence coming in at 9 and 10, we're, we're becoming harder and harder to bowl out. So um, it is becoming a bit of a master stroke. The, the, uh, and that's obviously when we have an injury, we've still got enough bowling cover it, um, at the moment. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough on some of the other bowlers who are, who are fit and available. It's only sort of that two leading seamers role and then, and then some all-rounders. But like I said, two wins out of three games is becoming a bit of a master stroke. And um, it, it is nice to have a few more options um, from the skipper's point of view, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, and all that with 
Riley on the sidelines. What's an update on him? Can we, you know, obviously Riley's probably our best bowler and we've started the year fantastically without him, but it'd be great to have him out there. Yeah, definitely one of our one of our best. He's, he's still injured with his side. I think they're sort of targeting maybe the last two games before Big Bash, but um, we'll have to see what happens there with the purple. You never know, they might just put their purple hats on and say rest up for so, <laughs> Riley, but... Uh, we, don't, we never know. He's targeting one or, one or two before Christmas break, I think. And a big weekend for Matty Wade. Slug uh, obviously made the century in the game, but also named Australia's T20 captain as well for the upcoming series against India. Yeah, he's, he's, he was fantastic with the bat. It was a very calming influence to have him out there. I think he was talking more to the Queensland than, Queenslanders than he was to me for <laughs> half the time, but that's the way he goes about it. Um, yeah, he's been letting us know about his, his newly appointed skipper role. Every time he's asking for a coffee, go and get the national skipper a coffee, that sort of thing. So <laughs> it's, certainly, uh, it's certainly got around the group quick, but he's been fantastic. Um, and he was fantastic yesterday with the bat, uh, really led from the front and, and took the game on when we needed it to um, and pushed us, you know, kept that run rate ticking when it was tough to the middle there. Sounds just like in here, Tim, when uh, you tell us to go Whoa. get coffees because you're the national captain, even though you're not anymore. So no one gets many coffees in here. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> I want to play some, play some audio here, Slug. Just have a listen to this and we'll come back and have a chat about it. The exclusive gala dinner will have special guests like Tassie's own Sheffield Shield star, Bo Webster, as well as Tim Payne and Toby Nankervis. Uh, are you aware of this, Slug? You've got a big function coming up. Tim's hosting it, apparently, and apparently. You're, top, you're top billing on the lineup. Yeah, yeah, it's in the calendar. Pencil it in there. It's going to be a good night, that. Uh, Bo, are you getting a fee? <laughs> are you getting paid? I hope so, yeah, I hope so. Very, oh. very, very coarse. I, <laughs> well, I didn't even know about it. Apparently, I'm hosting. And, I didn't get, and I'm not getting paid for it. <laughs> Must be splitting Bo's fee, I reckon. Hosting, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Mate, it's going to be, if I'm hosting, it's going to be an absolute mess of a night. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Hey, mate, well done. Great stuff uh, yesterday and uh, all the best. You've got the, the big one-day game coming up tomorrow too against Queensland. Lunstead Arena starting about 11 o'clock, I think. So we wish you all the best for that and well done yesterday on the win. Thanks very much, lads. Have a good day. There Cheers, he goes. Mate. Bo Webster joining us on SEN Tassie Breakfast. We're right on 8.30. We're off to the new sport and weather and coming back and talking more sport next. Just mucking around with our chemist warehouse ball here in the studio. I think we mentioned on Friday that I think out of any sport you'd have me, except for basketball, I'd back oh my myself God. in to beat you in I a game I don't want to talk about this on radio, honestly. Well, it's embarrassing. I think How? I've got you covered, Tim. Mate, you've got the athleticism as a, of a truck. I'll, just, I, I I'll just move you sideways, you'll break your ankles. I've got, I reckon I've got you covered. Well I've, been, well, I've got two games on now. Three challenges coming up. I've got Hamish in fencing. Oh, well, the gear's here too, which is good. Yeah, it is. And then I've got you in basketball mm -hmm. and then once I finish you in basketball David Lithgow wants to take me on as well so I'm going to kill two birds with one stone go flash first because he asked first then he can wear you down and I'll come in at the but, end well that's your only chance <laughs> both no, we'll, of you we'll I just can't so. maybe you go two on one you two versus me we don't need two Tim oh well God. I don't I'm, I'm backing myself in to beat you Brent you're not going to be getting sent to the foul line I'm bringing my own ref <laughs> Why would you bring your own ref? You're that confident. I'm not you don't having... need your own ref. No, because I know what you're like. You're one of those <laughs> blokes who plays basketball and wants to play like backyard basketball like it's, I don't know, what's the strictest version? Fever bring or your own ref. NBA? Do you you want, want. I'll flick your fingernail and you want to foul. That's not, that's not how it's played in the streets. <laughs> Who's your ref going to be? Your cousin? Probably. Yeah, that's all right. 
But he'll be fair. Yeah, he will. Hard but fair. Yep, I like it. Oh four three seven double five two five three five. If you like a ticket to watch our one on one game, text us in. We'll get you in the door to have a look. It'll be magnificent. Oh my god! Now we'd love to hear from you this morning. Let us know what you thought of the weekend of sport. Uh, the JJs. How do you feel about their last couple of games? Uh, tell us about the Tigers' big win against Queensland. How will they go on the one day tomorrow with the netball? There's so much to talk Is about. Is Kawaja down for the one day? That's a very good question. That's a very good question. Wasn't here for the Shield game. Rested was the official line, I think. Rested twice in a row. Hammer, can you find that out for us, please, as we go to a break? And on the other side of it, we're going to talk about... What was that for? Oh, it's because I was going to expand on our basketball. I was going to say, I am so much more nervous about Hamish at fencing than I am you and Flash in basketball. Okay. That's because Hamish is coming at you with a big, long No, I just think he's half a chance of winning, whereas called. you and Flash have got literally zero chance of beating me. But you're not a basketballer. Why I don't know, but I can move. Got a half court shot I can in, run. You guys can't run. I won't, need to, move. I won't need to run. Of course you will. No. Of course you will. Not with the tactics I'll be taking there. to the game. You'll see. Park the bus. I'll just shoot it then. Yeah, and you'll miss. Just because you've you got one half court shot in one time Yeah, but even if I do miss, how are you going to score? How am I going to score? I'm going to just go straight to the basket and bowl you over with my weight. Well, that'll be, me. that'll be a foul. Depends how I do it. I'll have the feet planted. Okay, we'll see. She's <laughs> been talking crap here. Let's go to a break and come back with Tim Car- Tim Harcourt after Tim this. Payne. Tim Payne. Tim no, Payne, we've had enough of him this morning. Uh, that's up next here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Certainly is at 41 minutes past 8 o'clock. Of course, stadium and AFL team, top of the agenda, Tim, as always. Never goes away. And and I'll tell you what, we just need to straighten the show up a little bit this morning. Need to get this man on and talk a bit of sense. We have talked a lot of rubbish. There's been a bit of rubbish spoken this morning, (laughs) mostly coming from the corner over there, old Dickie Knee. (laughs) Yeah, he has, has, yeah. All right, let's straighten up. Let's talk some stadium and uh, also AFL team with economist Tim Harcourt, who's joined us on the line. G'day, Tim. Welcome to the show. Yeah, great to be on the show. Thanks very much. Good to have you on, mate. Uh, now, you've been involved with economics for a long time. What have you made of the current situation surrounding the, the team in the stadium? It's grown into a, a big issue, hasn't it? Not just sport now. It's, uh, it's all Tasmanian life, really. It's all everyone's talking about down here at the moment. It's extraordinary. I mean, I've written about the economics of China and India and minimum wages and all sorts of sort of controversial issues, but nothing's been more controversial than a stadium in Tassie. I'm quite amazed at the top... The, the sort of fan mail I get over this issue, I'm quite surprised. But there you go. Obviously, a lot of passion involved and uh, obviously uh, something that people do talk about, judging by you know the activity, particularly through your show, uh, how many people call up and have got an opinion. Is that what spiked your interest in it and why you've sort of done a deep dive into it? Look, I think, to be honest, I'm a, I mean, I'm, I'm not a Tasmanian. I'm from South Australia. I love Aussie rules, and I always it's always been a bee in my bonnet that Tassie wasn't represented. And I think when the AFL put a lot of money into things like AFL-X and these types of things, and they put a second team in New South Wales and, and Queensland, I thought, 
we can't have a national competition without Tasmania. So my motivation is primarily, um, I think Tassie should be at the stage nationally. But also, when I looked at stadiums around the world, it's a pretty cheap deal. I mean, most of the stadiums they build in America and Europe, you know, one and a half, you know, billion and so on that the city council often puts up. I thought Tassie's getting a pretty good deal, particularly given the amount of money that's been put in federally and with the AFL package. So I actually thought it was a pretty good deal. Well, what about some of the misconceptions, Tim, between, you know, the, the stadium and the team and, and the need for health and housing funding? I know you've written a bit about that. To expand on that for us. Well, I think what we've seen in uh, governments that are able to basically look after tourism and look after sort of innovation for the, for the state and the country have also been governments that have done a lot economically in the health and housing and, and education areas. I, I was thinking about, well, back in my, my day, the Hawke government, the Keating government that I worked for, they did a lot on Medicare and superannuation. So they opened up the world to to Asia and trade and, and tourism with Paul Hogan. You know, they did a lot of things that allowed the country to grow, but they looked after people, particularly at the bottom end, with Medicare and super and minimum wages. And I think we saw a bit of that with um, with Jim Bacon too when he was Premier. He seemed to be really good at putting Tassie on the world stage and on the national stage, but he also really looked after health and, and, and housing and, and, and education, that sort of thing. So I think really good governments... Because you build a stadium or a new bunch of hotels or you introduce a new tourism program, doesn't mean you're neglecting, say, you know, health and safety and and Medicare and super and stuff like that. You can do, you know, you can do more than two or three team things at once when you're a government uh, when you structure it properly. And looking at Tim, looking at the history of stadiums and big infrastructure projects, what are the economic benefits uh, that you think the stadium can bring to the state of Tasmania? Well, I think if you look at just the conservative numbers, uh, you know, 6,000 new jobs, $2 billion worth of economic activity over the next 25 years, over 100,000 in, in tourism from outside the state, not counting what you'll get within the state and the, with the rest of the country. And I think that basically what we've got to see it is, is there is a good case for Tassie to have new infrastructure to attract conferences and conventions like Adelaide Oval has done with uh, Peter Malinoskis. And hey, if you get a footy team as part of the deal uh, playing in the AFL, well, that's a, a pretty good bonus. So I think there is a case for Tassie to basically compete with the rest of Australia in terms of attracting conventions and conferences. And it doesn't really have that infrastructure at the moment. And this would uh, this would sort of solve solve that issue and allow you to, to grow other things around it and also have an AFL team. Economist Tim Harcourt's our guest on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. Tim, I know in some of your work you've said Tasmania's claim to a team based on population size is just as good as the, the Suns or the Cats or the Cowboys in the NRL. Are you confident the side would be economically successful in that regard? Look, I think it's set up in the right way. I mean, and I think that's one reason why you do need to have, um, you know, a, a, a base... Uh, at, a, at a world-class stadium in Hobart while still maintaining those games in Launceston, which is important for the state. And I think when you look at small-town teams, I mean, my wife's from Wisconsin, and there's a little team called the Green Bay Packers uh, that play up at Lambeau Field in Wisconsin. Green Bay's not a big place, 
but gee, the Packers have got this amazing history and are supported right around the country. And uh, what I've always been impressed at in the US with the Green Bay Packers is they split their games between Milwaukee and Green Bay for many years, but in the preseason, they went and played in Madison and Lacrosse and in some of the communities. And I think Tassie could do that. Tassie could split the teams between the stadium in Hobart and, and York Park and go and play pre-season in Devonport and Penguin and Queenstown and all, all around the state. So I think you've got that, you know, you've got that fanatical footy following in, in Tasmania to really get behind the team like, like Green Bay does with, uh, you know, people being mad on American football there. And Tim, have you been across uh, Macquarie Point 2.0 Stadium? And that, I mean, that one's taken a little bit of the, the American... Uh, style, I guess, with the hotel and the, and the sort of mini city, if you like, happening around the stadium. Are you a fan of that concept? Yeah, look, I think the precinct idea is great. I mean, my hometown of Adelaide, with the redevelopment of Adelaide Oval, I, I saw during Gather Round um, the amount of excitement around the, the CBD. And, I mean, just face it, Hobart's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. It's got a fantastic waterfront. Uh, when you think of Wellington and San Francisco and Seattle... Uh, Oslo, you know, it's, it's one of those places. It's got natural beauty, and you could really develop that well, and all within walking distance because you've got that waterfront area. And I think the days of the suburban grounds like Waverley in, in, Mel- in Melbourne and Footy Park in, in Adelaide, I think those days are gone. I don't think they want suburban ovals anymore. I think they really want want things in the CBD. And if you have a beautiful waterfront like Hobart does, then you've just got the beautiful natural setting that, that, you know, those other cities can't really replicate. Very nice. And, Tim, I think you're coming down to Tasmania this week to talk an economic forum. What can people expect during your speech there? Well, I think it's great that the Economic Society of Tassie uh, are putting on the Tasmanian Economic Forum this week on Thursday, and it's going to be called Kicking Goals and uh, Creating Prosperity for Tasmania. And would you believe um, I'm the keynote on the economics and politics of the Tassie Devils? So it'll be the first time I'm making a major speech on on footy because normally normally it's about international trade or macroeconomics or China or something. But I'm pretty chuffed because I love footy, and given I'm not good enough to play at a top level, same with cricket. Um, if I write about the economics of it, I get invited. Very nice, mate. Well, all the very best for that. And thanks for sharing some of your insights with us here on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks very much. I'm a big fan of your show, so thanks for having me on. Uh, Thank you, mate. Love your work. Tim Harcourt there, economist, joining us here to talk all things stadium and Tasmanian AFL team on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Before we go to the break, Tim, let's talk about the hockey from the weekend. It wasn't a great... I wanted to talk about that. Oh, oh, go for it. Because you can build a stadium, have housing and health all taken care of. Yes. In the one thing. You can. Governments can actually do that. That's what he's saying. Yep. Well, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Absolutely. Sorry, what were you going to say about the hockey? I was going to talk about the hockey. Right. Happy to talk about the stadium a little longer if you'd like to, because there's plenty to unpack, as always. We could talk about stadium all day, couldn't we? Let's be honest. Hey, uh, yeah, not a great weekend for our Tassie Tigers against Brisbane in the men's competition. It was a 5-0 loss. Jesus. And in the women's, 9-3 loss to Brisbane so not ideal uh, the men still sit in third on the ladder but they've got a couple of teams below them that have played one less game and the women are stone cold last four games four losses at this stage so uh, they're in Sydney this weekend Sydney Olympic Park so we'll see I if they can bounce back I wouldn't have thought that's getting back. any easier then I wouldn't have thought so either mm. no 
Getting crisis so, point. Yeah, it's not, not an ideal start. Um, the New South Wales Pride, they sit on top of the table in the men's competitions. That'll be a tough outing. Uh, they're fifth out of seven teams in the women's comp. So we'll see how it all goes. But, uh, yeah, disappointing weekend all around for, for Tassie Sport, really, besides the uh, the Tigers. They've done well. They have. They've kept us upbeat <laughs> yeah, exactly. this Monday morning. They have indeed. Besides the fact that we can get a stadium built and have some good health systems and some housing, Breno, I'm pumped about that. <laughs> I was told that was you couldn't do it. Couldn't possibly do it. We haven't yet, have we? We're talking no. about it, so we'll wait and see. Uh, but it is interesting, isn't it? Because he's obviously been across a lot of it, and, and he's from he's living in Sydney, but he's from Adelaide, mm-hmm. where they went through the exact same thing. Yep. And we've spoken about it a lot. They've now, that has transformed the city of Adelaide. Mm-hmm. They get gather around. They've had, they've had state of origin rugby League yep. played at the Adelaide Oval. So you Ed get Sheeran. all Ed Sheeran. I went to Ed Sheeran at the Adelaide Oval. So <laughs> people go. actually fly into places to go and watch these kind of acts as well. So I spent a fair bit of money in Adelaide while I was there. So the economic benefit Correct. is beyond the stadium itself. Did the did does Adelaide Oval have a roof, Tim? No, it doesn't. Did, do they still have Ed it Sheeran rained. playing there? It rained when I was, was there. Was it okay? Yeah, I had one of those ponchos. Ponchos. On. Yeah, just for the last good. three or four songs. Did you have your earmuffs over the poncho? No, it was warm, luckily. It wasn't like Tassie cold rain. It was nice and warm. But okay. But it's interesting, with all the stadiums around the world, I haven't seen too many of them, to my knowledge, run at a loss. No. A loss either. So We've got to get to a break. We're coming back to wrap up the show next here on SEN Tassie Breakfast for your Monday. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Almost out of time for a Monday morning, but before we go, as we like to do, Tim, it's our toast of the week. Thanks to Nine Eleven, your local bottle shop. Choose a drink. Wise, would you like to read the I toast? We're doing week? the texts. But yeah, we'll do that. So you just keep throwing it all over the, the place. Flow, Tim. We, Who are we toasting? We're wishing a speedy recovery to Elise Barwick. I don't know if you saw Brent, but she nasty head clash on Friday night. It was nasty. Out cold. So we're wishing her all the best in her recovery. Yeah, the North Hobart and Glenorchy star was stretched off the ground with the Gold Coast course. She was drafted there early, earlier this year before the season, and uh, she was up and about walking around the rooms, which was good to see, Tim. And we're toasting Elise with a Roku gin, which is a Japanese gin with sweet floral aromas oh, that blend into scents of citrus lovely. and tea, and of course, choose to drink wise. Uh, Amy, of course, is supporting Tasmanian Doers. Visit iCanWin.com.au. Amy is supporting Tasmanian Doers. And a reminder about the Tassie Hall of Fame night with the great man Tim Payne, Toby Nankervis, and our guests from this morning, Bo Webster. They'll be all in attendance. going to have another Amy Doer on Friday, potentially. Hopefully. On the show. Hopefully. Yes. And Hamish, uh, I think we need to chase up Grant O'Brien for Friday because he's in town for a lunch that I'm hosting at... Across the road here at Franklin Wharf. So get him in. Let's get him in the studio. Bruno, before we go, quick text. A couple of texts in, but one I'm not going to read out. But footy, cricket, basketball, hockey, new stadium. How about giving the sport of Kings boxing a mention? You guys could get Brent's good mate on, Grant Tazzy Brown, and give us a lowdown on the local talent that's coming around. That was from our... Kicker. Kicker Collins, who loves a text in. And there's another one here, Tim. Did Tim really just say he spent a lot of money in Adelaide? Surely that's a G up. Uh, sorry, you, should, you, I'll rephrase that. My wife spent a lot of money. <laughs> You're a regular visitor to the city of churches, actually. And he will I am. I love so Adelaide. We've got 20... Kicker Collins is the other guy who's texting. I hope he's enjoyed his role on deodorant this week. I'm going to go out and purchase some before... 
Friday show. That's a big show here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch you on Friday morning from 7 till 9. Have a great week.